Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Let's start discussing labor negotiations because it's a lockout. Da 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 da. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. We got Trevor in California and producer BBD behind the dish. It's brought to you by Draft Kings. And shout out to Mikey Rotano who made our music, our intro, our outro, our interlude music. Every now and then I just got to remember like, good job. It's awesome. Love bobbing my head to it. Trev is back from his weekend. He looks like he's frozen or he's incredibly still, so I'm going to throw it to Jake first in hopes that... Okay, I think Trev's frozen. Jake, how yes. you doing? Yes, Daddy Trev, frozen right off the rip. Tough, tough. Came back for the episode from a trip to Vegas, baby. Vegas, and he's going to tell all at the end of this episode, so tune in. Uh, James, BBD, everyone in the chat, everyone else, let's go. Uh, we are in the labor stuff. Our guy, Kenny R, Kenny Rose, K Rose, he just dropped a, a big article today talking about it, talking about some of the issues. Uh, and we needed Daddy Trev because he's our player, he's our John Boy Media player rep. As of yes. right now, yes, I'm getting a FaceTime from him, which feels tough and not like a Throw solution it to me. It to me. that's ever worked. So that's where I'm at. I'm having a little coffee. Nice. And that's where I'm at. Jim, Great. what about yeah. you? I'm doing well, doing swell. Jake beat me in the Bino tournament in the championship game. I was happy to get to the championship. I'm happy for Jake that he got there. Trevor is FaceTiming Jake looking for a solution. Yeah, uh, Kenny, our friend at The Athletic, Kenny Rosenthal, put out an article kind of sectioning off uh, items to be debated and negotiated in the CBA. And then he kind of has some proposals that he thinks might work. And I, I, I love this stuff and I love running it by Trev and getting his opinion. So that's kind of the conversation we're going to have today, unless we need to rearrange the order as we wait for Trev. What was his FaceTime update? He Back said to you, his, Jake. He said his internet just went out, which is basically as tough as an answer you could get. Um, he, he is going to look into some solutions, um, St. Lucian's. Uh, otherwise, maybe we can have him call in. I mean, we do have a picture of him on the screen right now. So, um, BBD, if you can maybe coordinate with him a little bit. Um, I'll tell you one thing. He has a new link whenever he's... He has a new ready. link. If the internet works, uh, I'll send him another. One link. thing I know for sure, Trevor Plouffe was not... Roman ready oh. to do this podcast almost as limp as you could possibly come in to a show. And once he gets his internet sorted out, he should definitely go to getroman.com slash talking today. Trev, once your internet's back, getroman.com slash talking and talk to someone about your problems. 52% of men between the ages 40 and 70 will experience some form of ED, and Trev is the closest member of this podcast to the mm. age 40. Very so odds are against him. Not great at all, but it's fine. It happens to more than half of the people. And if Trevor wants to reconnect with his partner and rediscover the joy of sex, all he has to do is go to getroman.com slash talking. 
And maybe that's how we need to address it. Like, Trevor's pretty happy with his boner. He's got his kids. He's got his wife. But, you know, he very much enjoys having a, fir- a stiffy. Mm-hmm. And if there's a day when he can't, which, like you mentioned, close, rapidly approaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's rapidly approaching that big four zero number that, you know, if he would miss that. Yeah. He would miss getting a big, fat, Roman. throbbing. So, anyway, let's talk about some of the contract stuff, I guess. We were going to do this at the tail end of the show. We'll wait to see if Trev joins. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll check some boxes as we go. As you guys know, we got caught up in the, in the pace of it all uh, as all the news started flying in. Remember? I mean, what was that? A little over a week ago, mm. baseball news was flying in. There were signings and trades. Basically, every day, every hour, every minute. Every day? That some of it got passed behind. I know we got yelled at, because, and these are two of the bigger fan bases. We got yelled at by our Rays and Twins fans. Oh, yeah. Because Wander Franco. Listen, you don't want those two fan bases coming Oh, at you. my God. My mentions have been a wreck. One, you got, you know, a lot of them, decent amount of them, so nice. Just yeah. killing you, so passive-aggressive. Yeah. The other, you have a small amount, so angsty. Hornets. Hornets. Just hornets. Rays are like a batch of hornets. Yeah. And then uh, the twins are like, you know, your neighbor who's like nosy and and kind of passive. I have a neighbor that's very passive-aggressively nosy with me. Mm. And it's like, come on. Can I say something nice about Ray's fans? Like she came in and gave me like a gift for our baby, which was very nice. And she said, um, and you got some packages out here. I I know it's hard to get your packages in the house on time because you, when you come in and out of your garage. So I don't even get it. I was like, what? She also came and gave me a, uh, a garbage to show me how to recycle properly. I mean, I see that one. I don't even see the other one. I think she was saying, stop leaving your packages out on your front door for so long. And how she know we go in and out the garage? She's spying on us. I mean, she's spying on you. I see that part of it. But yeah, I mean, that's... Nosy. A little nosy. Yeah. A little nosy. Uh, Ray's fans, which I know, again, most people listening to this. I'll say this. I think Ray's fans... Trevor Plouffe is back. Um... Why were you guys talking about my boners? I heard that. No, dude. Yeah. You misheard that. Yeah. I didn't say no. I just said you limped in this episode, and you should probably go to GetRoman.com slash talking to talk about it. My boners are fine. I get what you're saying, though. When I do turn 40, what if my boners go away? You're basically there, too. I'm basically there. Let's it, skip the raise talk. If your penis stopped working... You would want it to work. Let's skip the Rays talk. It's back on hold. Back on the table. Rays fans, I get why you're Hornets. I would be too. Oh, yeah. Me too. So, like, it's not a bad thing. What the fuck? Someone just opened my door. I think a ghost did. A ghost is also in... Trevor uh, Plouffe, internet and ghosts. Ghost or a gopher. Trev, can we go over some of this uh, labor pod stuff? (laughs) So, sorry, Twins fans. Sorry, Twins fans. Twins and Rays fans. Back on the shelf. We'll get the... They're both fine people. The Adam Frazier trade, too, at the end of next episode sometime. Rosenthal put out this article. There's some things that were interesting. We have it kind of broken down here. There's a high concept that I think is interesting that I talked to Jake about afterwards. I don't know if 
that should be a start or, or not a start, but um, I am going to start there. Trev, yes. some of Rosenthal's article is talking about how, you know how they always try to divide the players and, and, and you know, uh, divide and conquer the ranks of the players That's or, you know, in any negotiation, you want the other side to be split. Kind of alluding to the fact that the owners should really be split here. A lot of what the union is advocating for would help out the teams that spend their money on the product. And instead, we're incentivizing the teams who don't spend currently. Like, you're you're getting rewarded for not spending, uh, and there's no punishment for not spending. So that concept of hopefully, like, the owner's group can be a little divided and the guys that own teams and want to win and, like, want to spend on their business to do better, like, should be allowed to. So I'm interested there because one concept is – one. Thing he talked about was how the Marlins, the Rays, and the Orioles, there's currently a grievance filed by the union saying that they tanked. They didn't meet the CBA that they had to try and better their team before the 18 season and 19 season. And part of it is they're getting money from all the other teams. If they go over the tax, they're getting money there. They're going, there's a lot of revenue sharing ways. So in theory, a lot of the teams that are spending a bunch are giving money to those lower teams. And they're not using it to better their team. They're just pocketing it. So Rosenthal's saying he thinks secretly the big spending teams are hoping that that grievance might be won by the union. Because if you're if the Yankees are given if the Yankees and Dodgers are given the Tigers or the Pirates and the Orioles money and they're just pocketing it and not putting it back into their team, like then what's the point? And I that's. First time I really had that laid out for me that way, which I, I kind of opened my eyes to and let's split them up. Yeah, I mean that what he's talking about there is the uh, the revenue sharing and there's it's vague language essentially. You're supposed to be using that money to better your team. Now bettering your team, you can say doesn't mean spending money. You know, you could be bettering your team just with any different players or whatever it can be. I mean it's I think a lot of the things we'll be talking about as we turn back into a labor pod is the the vague language or the gray areas that each side tries to take advantage of. The owners have done an excellent job of doing that. Uh, you do negotiate th- these things in good faith, so it's not how you're supposed to really approach an, uh, an agreement. But you know that's kind of what it's turned into, and that's why we're at where we're at with the two sides. You know, very it's very contentious between them. But uh, yeah, the the whole revenue sharing thing, I think that is Manfred's been basically saying that's a non-starter. And for that reason, I think he he thinks if there is a difference in revenue sharing, that uh, it puts those smaller market teams at a bigger disadvantage, and that's what they don't want. Essentially, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Spend that money. Spend that money, baby. Yeah. Spend it on players. That, that's you, when you talk about the gray area. And, Trev, the line I really liked from you, and, you know, this isn't to get some more Vegas stories out of you, but the line you said the other day was that the owners, however the CBA is drawn up and done up, the owners then are figuring out how to manipulate. From the player side, you go out and you play baseball, and there's a couple things like, hey, if I get a – if I've got another team option or something, but uh, like, however the CBA gets drawn up, 
the owners then regroup and say, okay, so what's our best way to attack this, 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 and this? And this is a clear one of those sections where, as Jimmy was alluding to and uh, as was Kenny, and our own David Cohn, Tone the Slab podcast, go listen to it. By the way, Tom Glavin and David Cohn talking yes. shop. Not only are they talking pitching, they were also CBA like vice presidents or whatever the term was, so they were in it. And 94, 95, so they have some awesome stuff on that. But, you know, if you can, like, we always say that they try to kind of pit the players against each other, whether it's pitchers and hitters, whether it's big money, little money, uh, and the players need to be united. Basically, they're saying you can kind of do that with the owners. You got, you have an upper class and a lower class, and if you can get them focused on each other, you know, it's basic war stuff. What was that war where they turned... They started, and you march backwards. McGillicuddy and the Huns. Yes, McGillicuddy and the Huns. Wow, good for you. Great job, Trev. I mean, Jake. Great job by you, Trev, as well. Yeah, so that's Ken, Kenny's like proposal here is just if you, the revenue money you get has to go back into payroll of players. Mm-hmm. And that, it's like, it seems fair to me. <laughs> yeah. Or at least some of it. And I think that's what they do in the NBA. And, 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 the chat can tell me if I'm wrong. I believe like they have to spend a certain amount of money each off season. And I don't know if that comes from revenue sharing or where that comes. I don't think they have a salary floor. Yeah. That's why I said it last episode after you left. That's why Roberto Perez got signed by the pirates and Lyles got signed by the Orioles. NBA kind of does have a floor. If I, if I'm remembering correctly and BBD may be the expert on this, but they have a floor, but if you don't hit it, you still have to pay that money. So there's actually NBA teams that at the end okay. of the year they'll have like five million below the floor, but that just gets distributed to the rest of the players on the team. So I interesting. Know, so very interesting. Tidbit. So that is one of Rosenthal's proposals here, because the uh, the owners back in before the 2021 season proposed a luxury uh, a floor, a floor of 100 million, but with it they wanted the the ceiling to be 180, which is nuts. The ceiling right now is 210, yeah. and it has not increased. Basically, the the union feels like they've lost out on four seasons, like four to six seasons of the of the luxury tax, quote-unquote, ceiling increasing. And they're, they wanted to go higher, so for them to go lower, it was kind of a nonsense offer by MLB. Because not only does the union want the luxury tax threshold to be higher, they want to make up for lost time. So they don't want it to go from 210 to 220 next year. They're trying to get it to like 280 immediately or somewhere up high and then go up 5% every year. What MLB has said is no, we'll go up to like 2 uh, there's a number. We'll go up to like 215 next year, something around there, and then it will go up 1% each year. That's what MLB as far as what I read countered. So but Kenny is saying if you do a floor, tax the guys who don't do it like the NBA does apparently. So if the you know the Pirates don't reach the one hundred million, then I, 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 the difference or some tax goes to the rest of the team. Well, and it would be it would be more interesting for baseball because in basketball the end of the bench just doesn't get used. I mean, go if you're a sports fan and you want to laugh, go look at Udonis Haslam's uh, player page. He's been on the Heat like forever, and he hasn't played at all the last <laughs> five years. But he's just on the team. It's actually it's like hysterical that he's still a player <laughs> in the NBA. Um, but in baseball, 
now that every roster spot has so much value, if you did implement something of that nature, you'd like to think teams, instead of just giving the players an extra $5 million, go get yourself a couple guys. And then if you want to flip them, or, you know, you have to figure out some of the little rules and intricacies around it. But, yeah, I, I, I like that. The floor is out of the question for the players' union. Like, that'll never happen because they they fundamentally fundamentally believe that the floor will lead to a cap. But, and but it, it makes sense. And you think a cap is out of the question? Like, even if it's like... Well, yeah. That's strike, that's strike the stuff. The players that is will just a, never do it. It's a line in the sand, yeah. Even if it made a ton of sense for them, they just never do it. Yeah. That's their... That's their well, that's... I do think there's I mean, a uh, there's a right. I do think there's a way where a floor and a and a ceiling would work. It would just have to be really high. It would be like you know, say like next year's three hundred million, and then it increases by five percent every year. I know why you're saying the players never say yes to it, just because leverage standpoint. But I I think there is a middle ground where it does make sense, and every other league has it, which I know is the owners. Not every other league, but a lot of leagues have it, and the owners look at that and they say. Like, well, you guys are already getting more than other professional athletes, so we're going to take because other teams, other places have ceilings. I, yeah, it just it won't fly. And and to that point, I you know the owners, Rob Manfred said that they already had we already have an agreement that any other organization would love to have any other yeah. any other players union would love to have, but you know that's not true. Like the <laughs> amount of time that. <laughs> Baseball players are controlled, which is basically probably the biggest issue that the union is facing right now and wants to fix. The amount of time that players are controlled is crazy, and it's not like that in any other sport. So that's so, just false. I, I guess I, I guess the thing that does get my brain spinning, and Trev, I, I, I don't want this to seem as an attack at all because, again, I listened to Coney and Glavin the other day, and they were in the room doing all of that. I mean, there is such a pride from the players' side on the no salary cap. I mean, you you hear it instantly from everyone that, um, is there is there nothing like is is there? Because imagine how many MLB teams have a salary. You know, of if they made a salary floor of a hundred million dollars, and the salary cap of three hundred million dollars. I mean, one it the gain there for the players be massive and it's it just becomes a pride thing or or what I guess what am I missing or not not interpreting yeah what I, what well, I don't get before. you want to you want a free market you want a free market and if you start implementing floors and caps there's going to be more teams headed towards that floor especially you know if That's we true. expand playoffs and stuff like that you're not just because you're raising the cap to x amount doesn't mean anything like it, it doesn't mean any. That doesn't mean teams are going to spend closer to that. Can I? And I mean, the f- go ahead. On the on this, I want to be delicate because I like the players, and I know they're like no cap, no cap. And and Trav, you're always reminding us like it's a luxury tax. It's not a cap. Twenty five teams look at it as a cap. It's a cap. Like so. The players are being like, there's no no cap, no cap, no cap. Meanwhile, it's almost like they have a hood over their eyes or whatever the saying is because there is a cap. Like you're just kind of kidding yourself in a way, screaming, we'll never have a cap, we'll never cap. But for 26 teams, 
there's been a salary cap in the MLB because that is how they view it. So to me, it's like yeah, there's a cap. Like, you know, four teams don't consider it a cap. And you guys just kind of saying, the players kind of saying, it's not a cap. And uh, we'll never sign a cap when there kind of is one. It's like weird where I think that if you could go way higher and actually have one, you would be way better, but there's a dignity in not having it. But like, you know, from majority of the teams, there's a cap. It's not a cap. It's a soft cap that's created by the owners. But it's, I think what's one of the, uh, another one of the big points that the, the, the players association will be going after is trying to decrease the penalties, raise that luxury tax threshold. It's a competitive balance tax. Right, like that that's, was, yeah, that's the correct it, term. It, it was supposed to. Um, it hasn't been that way. Yeah, they've yeah. treated it. They've essentially taken their wording and said, "Oh, let's just treat this like a cap. The penalties are too harsh. Let's just yeah. say that. You know, tell our fans that." So I think you know, Ken in his article, and this is what a lot of people think should happen anyway. Uh, there should be less. It should be raised. The competitive balance tax should be raised high, then continue uh, incrementally increase every year, and the. Penalties for going over it should be, I mean, negligible. Like, why? Like, there shouldn't be that way. Right. And is that going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, they they want that. I I I, I don't think it's going to happen though. They they love what they've done with that, and that's going to be a hard sell to get them off of it. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that is is exciting, you know, NBA they you get caught up in max contracts. I guess NFL doesn't have limits on the contracts. The bar just kind of gets raised every year, the next quarterback that's about to get paid and everything like that. Um, you know, it, baseball does let you daydream. Like, say Otani does it for a couple years, pitching and hitting. Like, what when you say free market, and I think a, show, a healthy Shohei Otani, like, <laughs> the number that guy can command can be special and can, can make baseball different. So I guess everyone... We already are, but root for Shohei to just break the world. Mm. Number one hot boy. Mm. Ooh. You, ta- you talked about contract length and how long players are under control, Trev, which is great. Pivot to the next uh, thought process that Rosenthal has here and an interesting proposal and somewhat counterproposal by MLB that it supposedly has happened behind the scenes. And this interesting tidbits brought to you by Magic Spoon Cereal, which is an interesting cereal because it's guilt-free mm. cereal for adults. And I eat, I ate two bowls of it last night. I get my mm. blueberry, my fruity, and my frosted, and I mix it all into one giant cereal container. So when I pour it in, it's just a, it's a delicious balance. Uh, it's in my four-pack that I'm subscribed to. I have a Magic Spoon. They do sell a Magic Spoon. It looks like something off of Magic School, bro- School Bus. I have that as well. And uh, I'm just an adult that eats just great cereal because it's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs, 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, build-your-own-box, available flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle. Go to magicspoon.com slash baseball to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code baseball at checkout to save $5 off your order. It's also backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. You don't like it for any reason, wow. they'll refund it. Magicspoon.com slash baseball. Use promo code baseball. All right, so the fun tidbit is Rosenthal is saying, make it so right now they have control for six years, right? Six years. Three, three contract, three arbitration. What if uh, you can... Six your service time. Service time, yeah. Um, yeah. Five years if after five years you're 30 or older. 
that is uh, a proposal here that Rosenthal says that the union kind of said like we you can't have service time be counted by just days on a roster because we're having just so much manipulation of keeping guys in the minor leagues uh, but in w- when they're ready or or bringing them up uh, for one game and then down like Luis Heel I think has made four or five major league starts and I think he only has three days of service time. Two because of COVID, and then the others because they brought him up, he pitched, they sent him down. So it's one day, and then, you know, if he was to stay on the team until his next start, he would get the full week. But he's useless to them, so they just send him down, and then that slows him down. I think if I'm reading the MLB, or the baseball reference service time, counter ready is 15 days of service time. Same overall point. but Because at the end, he was yeah. on there for but I think he stayed on, and if, I know if you're like sent down and called up within 10 days, okay. like, I think you get the service time for those yeah. 10 days. So, the, so the, that happened once. The point the union is saying is, like, that's like don't count it by days. Let's have some age-related free agency here so guys can you know hit big when they're older as long as you get – Five years, one less year, and then if he's 30, you get him. Um, so I think even if a guy debuts at 26, you would get five years, and he's out. The MLB countered by saying, let's just have guys locked to the team. If you want to do it by age, yeah. we'll do it by age. Guys will just yeah. be locked to a team until they're 29 and a half, meaning that Soto, who debuted at 19 years old, they would have control of him until he's 29 and a half, and he would never reach free agency, never hit the open market, and they'd never have to bid against someone to retain him, and he'd never make crazy money, which which is just how the counters are going. Like, oh, you think that's a good idea? Well, we'll use that, and we'll put the most ridiculous thing out and, and send it to you. If you look like, you know, you to Jake's point earlier, or maybe you made it, James, sorry. Foggy a little bit from my Vegas trip. A lot of these points or these um, back and forth are divisive for the teams and the owners. And whether that's by design by the union, I have no inside info if that's what they're going for. Obviously, you can make that assumption by just kind of looking. And I think that is a – I mean, that's a great play. We, The Players Association is not going to get all the things they're asking for. The owner side is not going to get all the things they're asking for. But when you do start – bringing up these topics that are divisive it it there creates some cracks and we've seen it with the players they the owners mlb has done that with the players i mean every single cba they, they do that they talked about the international draft uh which was divisive for the players because you have the latin guys and uh guys coming over from the asian countries um you know that's a free market they can sign with whoever they want and they're not subject to the draft so why would they want that when you have and then you have you know, guys going from America saying, well, we're subject to the draft. So that was like the thing that they did. And maybe it were uh, the players associations taking a play out of the old owner's playbook and trying to be a little bit divisive. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a good strategy. Man, uh, I'm going to sound biased here. Uh, get the best players on the field. However you have to, like I, I know obviously everything, a lot of things in life come down to money. Uh, especially when you're talking business, and then it becomes almost everything. It's just ridiculous, and I know every team has their examples of guys who are either in the minor leagues or kept in the minor leagues, and so you've got them on both ends of the spectrum now, and that's the part that sucks. We all know the Chris Bryants and Glaber Torres and guys like that who are held back for 15 days because, honestly, it's fantastic business 
if you give me the first two rookie weeks of Chris Bryant's career or I get another year of his prime. That's obvious. The other side of it, and each team has their example of this, are guys like, well, I guess it's the age end of the spectrum. It's a guy like Luke Voigt who didn't get his opportunity till he was 27, 28-ish. Um, every team has those, and uh, baseball owners, like, at the end of the day, what do they care about? Their franchise's value. Like, that's the biggest kind of asset they have and if the product on the field is as good as the product on the field can be that's what helps your assets so that's where there has to be a win here where no matter what the situation is you get the best players on the field like if if you have a minor league like why wasn't Adley Rushman playing for the Orioles this year I bet he could have got some ABs I bet it would have been nice you know, like, there's, there just needs to be a solution there that gets all the best players on the field. And then the part that sucks for me, because I rarely get labeled the smartest man in the room, um, like we're talking about, when that CBA comes out, the, the owner and the team's goal as a business is to figure out a way to manipulate it. So you mentioned all players hit free agency at 29 and a half, and it's like, well, does Soto, did Soto just get fucked? Um uh, so I, I hate that side of it, uh, but both sides, and so I guess that's what I'm looking for. Where are both sides motivated? We know they're going to fight for money. Both sides, at the end of the day, should be motivated to get the best product on the field, and they need to figure that out because, man, what what are we doing? What other sports do you hear about them? Like, let's not play our young, talented guy? That's yeah. a joke. Well, I also, like, it just it just pisses me off. Like, I think, I don't know if the union offered the five-year, but I think Kenny Rosenthal's suggestion is pretty fair. Maybe the union doesn't like it because it's too fair. But you get the first five years of his career. But as soon as... What's, after, what's Kenny saying? I, I mean, I went over the article. What, he's, what's I his believe point it's, on I believe it's, it's five after years. five years, if you're 30 or older... You're a free agent. If after five years you're still 28 years old, then it stays six years. So I don't even know if the oh, union the, the would, union would take the union would take that. The uh, MLB would the not take that. Takes that. But that's MLB, but, but, but for MLB to counter with that and say no, you want to do age, we just get our guy till he's 29 and a half. They don't want to. This is what I mean. I assume they're thinking is they don't want to move off that six year number. And again, this is another divisive play, essentially, because as a franchise, especially the you know the teams with lower payrolls, you know you want to keep your guys as long as possible because they're cost controlled. Now, if you had a five-year free agency period, instead of us talking about trades, you know, with one year left to go, and like these guys already given five years to the team and then they trade him on a sixth year or before a sixth year. Now that would just move up the whole timeline and teams just don't want that. They don't want, they don't want, you know, after only having control of a guy for four years and getting four years out of him, then having to think about trading him essentially. Right. Because big market teams would benefit from that because there's a player coming out a year more of his prime and now he's available to everyone. We can go get him. I'm assuming that's what they're thinking. Split the honor group. Like as best you can. They're trying. They're trying. Because why are why are all the 
big spending owners standing up because they all want to save money. Why is standing up for the guys who just literally aren't bettering the sport or the product or, you know, in the end, like we've, we've chatted with owners before and, and, and we've had some, like a lot of good talks and I, I'm not, I like the players obviously, but I'm, I see, I could see both sides on a lot of things, but sure. Why owners we've talked to are worried about baseball. Some of them. And even like some teams in the higher ups are like, yeah, like we want it to grow. We want it to be better. They want expanded playoffs because they think that will drive more eyes to the sport. They want the DH because they would think it will drive more eyes to the sport. You know what will drive more eyes to the sport? To not have cities or teams in big cities or teams at all. Better teams. Tanking. Like, so why are we standing up and, and, and rallying around the worst of the group? The owners are a union. Yeah. There needs to be, I mean, look, that's another issue. You know, the whole t- like tanking and make sure, making sure teams try to be competitive is a whole another issue we can talk about. But yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, without any knowledge of, I haven't really even begun to dig around in the players association, but without having any knowledge of that, I mean, it seems like that's been their play so far as let's throw a, what's the saying? You don't throw a wrench, you throw something in the middle. I don't know. An axe in the middle. <laughs> I think I just throw a wrench that. in the works? It's not what I was looking for, but you guys know what I'm saying. Throw a finger. Throw a monkey in a sack. Stop talking about boners, man. Jake. I said Unreal. boners. You didn't hear Gosh. what we heard? Because what you said was nasty. What would arbitration look like if Juan Soto was <laughs> In under control for ten years. What would he make in his ninth year of? I guess that's where it kind year of, of arbitration. He'd, he'd sit out a full season over one of them. I guess that's <laughs> that's where it does get fun because, like you know, we we use Soto as the example of where you could get screwed by age. Like, what if it didn't and arbitration just kept going? So you know, Taking after hundred million, <laughs> after yeah, after year seven, Juan Soto's lined up to make you know forty <laughs> mil per year. If he has one bad year, then the team kind of says, okay, well, is Juan Soto going to be worth it? And then another team takes a chance on him. I don't know. It kind of gets it gets a little fun, and it would keep players in the same market. We do like that. That's something we, we semi are a fan of as long as you're getting paid properly. I don't know. It's... It'd be cool if these sides had fun and had cool solutions instead of, like, let's beat them and trick them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you- Ken does say that at the beginning of his article, he says, this is all about money. Don't let anybody fool you. And it's true. You know, you guys, obviously, yeah, I'm very pro player, but it is. This whole thing's about money. Yeah. It's about the distribution of the money. Do you think uh, going to a lottery system, I think it's small potatoes because it's not like the NBA or the NFL where the number one picks the guy. And if you're in the top 10, you're probably happy or, you know, it's all crapshoot. Yeah. But even just in a small I way, agree. like just do it. Maybe it'll make a tiny difference. Like, I don't think there's any harm in it. I wouldn't be upset. Every, like just if they did a lottery, I don't think it solves the problems. So maybe that's why the union isn't like, you know, going to really ask big for that. Because you're still going to tank for a top five pick. So would want the best odds you can get. Yeah. That's what happens in the NBA. They still tank. Yeah. Some teams would be ha- yeah. team. Some teams would be happier to save on the signing bonus. 
of the higher pick. In the NBA, do teams tank that, like, like say, like, now you only have the bottom three teams tanking for that last spot? In the lottery, say it was the bottom seven teams, would that mean that now you have eight teams tanking because they're tanking for that seven spot? In there. Does that happen? <sighs> NBA, I feel like it's just, like, it's pretty easy to be bad. Like, you get bad pretty easily. And they have juiced the lottery that it almost feels... I remember the the first year they changed the lottery for was the Knicks were the worst team in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And they first year that they, they made the it. like the odds to get the first pick were like what the like worst 15? team was fourteen point seven percent, which was classic. Uh, Knicks. The bottom three teams are all even, and then it scales from there. So uh, uh, kind of what you were alluding team. to, like if you're if you're the fourth worst team, it almost feels as good as being the worst team. Like you, it, you almost don't care about how bad and, and you, you are. might tank to get in the lottery. So then you have more teams tanking. Yeah. So, so lottery, I don't care about. I guess if they expanded playoffs with it, then you're either in that expanded playoffs or you're in a lottery. Yeah. And then uh, the other topic was expanded playoffs, and I, they're going to do that. I mean, we've heard. I hate that. Gosh, I we've hate heard that from so, so many people they want fifty percent of the teams in the postseason. The owners do. We've been told that. It's brutal, man. Like, I get I get it. There's more money to be made. More people get chances to play in the playoffs. That's great. But if you watch the other leagues, I mean, that's what makes the NBA regular season absolutely a mute point. A moot point. What is that? How do you say that word? Spelled weird. How are you spelling it? It's M-O-O-T, right? I think it's like boot. Just moot point, whatever. It sounds weird. Anyways... The regular season in the NBA means absolutely nothing, and you're going to make that happen unless you do something crazy for the teams that win the division, which I don't even know what you could do. The season's too long to to make it worthless. I mean, in the 2020 year, it was only a 60-game season, but everyone made the playoffs, and like 30 of those 60, 40 of those 60 games mattered. You could tell. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the one time where it was okay to have extra teams because, as we've seen, like the cream eventually rises. I mean, the, the cream will rise to the top through one sixty two. It might not through sixty games. Two mice. Yeah. Do you guys like the expanded playoffs? I'm not a fan I of it. Miss, yeah. I'm just accepting it. Yeah, we know that's. That, I know. I'm gonna fight it because it's happening. Won't say from in. Well, it is from inside the walls. Like it's, it's arguably the number one thing owners care about. Like obviously, obviously, like they care about money. So again, that playoff money hits different. Um, so they are so strongly motivated, and it's so funny as we compare things to the NBA and NFL. So do they? Uh, you know, whether it's just pr- the pride of owning a sports team or whatever they're trying to do. But uh, yeah, other teams are very. The MLB is jealous of that, and it's it obviously strikes through an MLB purist heart because that's what's supposed to make it different. It's this the longest regular season of the you know the four major American sports that by the time that the season those seasons ends, you get kind of the true the true champions or the true you know people that should be there at the end battling it out. Um, 
And yeah, that's kind of that's not necessarily what the other sports are about. And it, you all know it. Like uh, football had another wild card. Um, like they they had another game. They had another game and another wild card. So, uh, yeah, man, it's I guess where you don't see. <laughs> It's not worth the fight. It's it's not worth us sitting in front of the mics and saying, you can't do this to our sport. Like, it's going to happen. It's the my thing and where I've landed is just make those playoff spots mean something. Um, whether Give them an advantage of the playoffs so that teams have something to aspire for. That, that So you have... So you want to improve your team. So you want the three seed over the four seed. So that you want, you know, the one over the two. Like, make... I know we dug into some of the leagues. I know Jim's dug into some of the weird stuff because that's where he lives. But what was there was one league you dug into where the five plays the four and then the three plays the winner of that while the two, then they play a set. The one and the, the two play. It's the Big Bash League cricket. It's going on right now. Big Bash Cricket League. Yeah. You've been, yeah, you need baseball back. You've been watching very obscure sports a lot lately. I think I'm in on cricket for life. Cricket's for life. Yeah, cricket's for life. You're watching Aussie rules, right? Or is that rugby? Oh, that was just a suggested breakdown. I didn't actually watch that. But uh, no, but cricket is the same exact watching experience as baseball. So I I like it. Like like pace and, and play and time. And it comes on at... Off hours, like it's eight a.m. or like, like midnight when I'm up with, with the bay bay. Nice. I I don't think it's any secret that that's also the players' biggest bargaining chip is expanded playoffs. Yes. So like, if they want if they want some of the things that they are asking for to get done, like that is what they're going to have to give up. Um, if I was in charge. I would say, okay, let's let's talk. Let's find a middle ground. Here are some things I want. We know you want to expand and play us. We'll get there. Uh, but also, I'm going to ask for a 154-game season. Mm. I want to take eight days away. I want to save them for off days. I think it's going to make the team healthier. I think it's I think it's better for everyone around, and I think that would be excellent for the sport. We don't need 162. I would take 140, but I think 154 is – I think that's used that used to be what the season was at, so it almost like makes sense. And you know how people baseball people are. Have you uh, have you gotten your Lord Varys on yet? Have you got your little birds coming and chirping to you? I've tried to stay. I mean, I've talked to people, especially in Vegas. We just talked about it, um, but really going in and trying to get info, not yet. I guess uh, so, and maybe I can help you and your little birds. Is we. Okay. John and I had a conversation with someone who's in in the baseball world, and they they kind of hinted that there could be real rule changes. And I I don't know if that's it that could be as dramatic as DH in the NL, which you know uh, on paper is a big thing. I guess us as baseball plans, we've been preparing that for a while. I guess I I've been trying to picture like what else will really change in game, and if that's is it a negotiating chip for either side? I guess anything that you think doesn't have a side is the player side because <laughs> they're just grabbing grabbing any life preserver they can. That's why they held on to the DH in the NL or lack of. Yeah, I you know, I was watching MLB Network because I wanted to see what they were doing now that there's no <laughs> baseball to talk about and that was 
kind of a mistake by me because it was really bad. But also, I, I, I got some content from it. Tom Verducci is sitting on MLB Network saying that he thinks they need to have the pitch clock, which I'm not opposed to the pitch clock. I actually like the pitch clock. Uh, I played with it in the minor leagues for a little bit. I, I don't think it interrupts the game. I think it. I think it. The pace is a little bit better. But he keeps saying we need to get these games shorter. We need to get these games shorter. And it's like that is not the freaking problem, dude. A game being even twenty minutes shorter, it, that's not it. I don't know why everyone's so caught up on that. The pace I can, the pace I can see, but pace. wanting every single game pace is to be, the problem. Hit this. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. Okay, I don't it's think it's funny the hours they talk either. about the pace. Yeah, I don't think it's talk the, about the pace. Yeah, and then they have TV timeouts that are fucking four minutes during the playoffs and whatever. It's like, come on. Yeah, I don't think it's the pace. Um, you do think it's the pace? I don't think it's the length. I think it's the pace. I think it's the action. I think that there's just if you're not already a diehard fan, it is doing nothing to grab your attention. Uh. It, the yeah. the gameplay like the highlights might and the personalities might and if your team in your city is good but I but like I'm watching cricket right now and I don't care who's playing and I have no allegiance but every pitch something happens basically there's very rarely like what we have as a ball doesn't really exist in cricket especially mm-hmm. the the shorter version mm-hmm. because it's a limited amount of pitches so if the bowler throws the ball and the hitter doesn't get a run off it it's called a dot ball and that's a win for the pitcher because they have a limited amount of pitches to score on so it's just a different vibe it's like everything is either a clap or not a clap where you can throw two strikes three balls and then walk them and then all that's for not so like three true outcomes i think is is a, a decent strategy if you're if you're coming to it from the I want to win game side, but if you're coming to it from I want to create a product that's entertaining side, I think it's uh, not good. Yeah. Oh man, where are we at with all of this? It's it's tough, man. This is gonna be a, this is a big CBA. This is a really really big one because I think there will be some changes to some of the gameplay. Um, I don't know. I, I like the pitch clock. Pitch clock can come. I'm in. I'm in on that, for sure. Because it's never a problem. Like it's it's the rare inning where he just slows down the game. Like a pitcher just slows down the game, or, or you know, I don't think there's many pitchers that are singular. It like there's probably five that you can count. They're like, yeah, this guy's a slow pitcher. Yeah. But there are pitchers that when they get in a jam, pick off, pick off, step off, step mm. off, mound visit, step off, slow, 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 and you're like, oh, my God. Yarbrough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't guy, you think? I love Yarby. He had a new baby. You're Congratulations. But he's oh, such yeah. a slow-paced pitcher. <laughs> Kills me. James, don't you think – you're talking about how we're not doing ourselves any favors if you're not already in it. Baseball is doing nothing to grasp, grab your attention, essentially. On the gameplay side. I yeah. think they're doing good. I think they, oh. they grew last year, but on the gameplay. Don't you think that has something to do with presentation of the game and how you know people – if you go to a ballpark, you're going to have fun. Like that's a, It's a great environment. You're having fun. It's a trip. It makes sense. But the product, when you're watching it on TV – I think there's so much room to improve it. 
And and I think all the leagues are trying to find ways. You're seeing like the Nickelodeon games. You're seeing the the dual cast. You have the stat cast in baseball. Whatever. I just think there's more. There's more there. And I don't. I don't necessarily have the solution right now. But presenting the game, I mean, you could. You know what we do with content. You know the way you edit and present it makes a huge difference. And I, I think when we're putting on a baseball game right now, and the announcers that we have, and the way that it's shown to, uh, you know, the fans is boring. Some some stations do a really good job. Um, San Francisco sure. does a good job. Nesson does a good job. Yes Network does a good job. SNY, LA, um, replays are so important. And there's some uh, places that still just don't show you what you just saw. Yeah. And there's still some announcers that don't explain to you what you just saw or why it was cool or why mm-hmm. it was unique. But like it, yes, network, any pitch and a lot of the other ones do this, but obviously I watch the LA games that is controversial. And maybe the batter thought it was this. And the umpire thought it was this. Yes. Network will show you the side camera. Was it above or below his knee? And then they'll show you mm-hmm. the overhead camera. Was it on the plate or off the plate? And then they'll show you the 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 you know the straight on slow mo every time. All three, boom, boom, boom. Viewer, you make up your mind. Was it was it correct? Not correct. A lot of baseball they don't do that, and that's yeah. servicing the audience a ton. It it sucks when I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could fucking see that again. There's two guys that think of it completely yeah. different, so that kills me. And then get the get the score bugs off that are huge. The new Bally's. Um, score bugs. It just, dude, brutal. I won't watch a game because of that. I'll choose the other feed. And if there's a game that has both the Bally score bug, I'll, I'll search for another one. Same with hockey. I've been putting hockey on because on, it's on ESPN Plus now. And I will, like, avoid that Bally's bottom line like the plague. It's big. It's, just, it's big. It's all, it's all to train the eye because eventually they're going to put in-game betting lines on it. So that's why they're doing it. They want us to get used to it, not care about it anymore. And then they're, once betting's legal in whatever state your region, Null Network is, it'll be like, you know, plus 100 if he strikes out and this at bat, bet now. Shit like that. No. I'll place the bets. We're doing the work that MLB needs to be doing. I'm going to say it right now. Like we are bringing happen. fans into baseball, we are doing that. We're making it fun for people. We're making it engaging. Like they need to do more of that, or just have us run everything. I guess that's the other solution. You want us to just run it for you guys? Uh, what do you call that? We're the head of baseball marketing. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what else is fun and engaging? Mm-hmm. Mm. That dugout mug I'm looking at in front of Jake. Oh my gosh! I have been drinking out of this dugout mug for weeks now. I can't stop drinking out of it. We love dugout mugs. You guys know they rode and doed with us throughout the playoffs this year. Uh, dugout mugs. I have the metal. I've made it a signature. It works hot and cold. Yes and no. Uh, the Woody is obviously the power play. You're in your man cave, your woman cave. What's she it? shed. She shed. Yeah. And you bust out the dugout mug wino. Ooh. Uh, whoops. 
power plays only with dugout mugs. Code John Boy, I think they're doing 30% off, so you can still get a deal on these bad boys. Um, they're awesome. They're a baseball company. We're baseball people. Trevor Plouffe just told you we are the heads of marketing for yeah. I, for baseball. Not MLB, for baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, across the world. So go get yourself a dugout mug. I know a lot of you guys already have. If you haven't get the knob shot, talk about a perfect stocking stuffer. And, Trev, you know this. You're a holiday drinker. Um, you know, you got the family over. You kind of, you know, you got the uncle yelling about who knows what. You bust out mm-hmm. a couple of the knobbies. Everyone loosens wow. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was loose in Vegas. Let me tell you something. The only thing going in my knob shot for the next week or so will be water. I think you could take shots of water. Let's normalize Let's shots normalize of water. Normalize shots of water. I'm not going to do that. That's such, okay, that's such little water. Yeah, you're right. Like you need so much but like, water at a single time. Dugoutmugs.com. Code John Boy. I've never done that where I've taken like a placebo shot before, but I know people do. Like, hey, bartender, give me four tequilas and then one fill of water. Mm. Sounds like a Jake move. I am a placebo. Mm. It's a good word. It is a fun word. You guys want to talk about Buxton and the Twins, or do we just table it? We can talk a little bit about it. Are we done with the CBA? I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get more into it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to – we're inching uh, – games are not going to be lost. I firmly believe that. Love that. What – um okay. when when you when you called Buxton and congratulated him, him on his extension, what would you say? I didn't call him. I sent him a DM. No, I mean, I don't know, dude. The guy deserves it. And See? I think it's very apparent that he wants to – he wanted to be in Minnesota. Like, he's continuously said that and made that, you know – made them aware of that and here he is going to be in minnesota i think this is a win-win i've talked about this with chris rose already but i think it's a win-win deal i think both sides kind of get what they want you know buxton knows if he stays on the field and just is the player he is like he's got some really aggressive uh like contract accelerators like he can hit some of these and make some really nice coin and for the twins like you know they got him at a decent price like you know their one thing is we need him on the field but if he's on the field, they have a steal right now. And you don't come across players with the talent of Brian Buxton very often. That's just the bottom line. So got to stay healthy, Byron. But, you know, I think it's great for him, the city of Minnesota, because, you know, they they love – I mean, everyone loves Buck there. Do you think that Good job. the incentives that he has, basically he gets like a million dollars if he gets um... – First an MVP, or is it like three million? I forget what it is. Do you? Th- it's crazy amount of uh, incentives. It's up to a hundred and something in incentives. Um, that's if like yeah. I think if he wins the MVP, he gets what eight mil. Yes, every year. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that should become somewhat normal, Trev? Don't take it away from the guaranteed salary, but why not? Like if you're a team. Only one guy can win the MVP. Mm. I just, I'm George Steinbrenner. I'm walking into the clubhouse and I'm saying, oh, hey, man. just to let you know, any of you fuckers win MVP this year, you get five million bucks. Oh. That's I, great. 
Why would you not do that? Play like a Yankee today. Yeah. Because I'm beca- I'll tell you why. Because they don't have to do that. I know. I, why? <laughs> but I'd do it. This is a little bit different. You know, the contract, it's it's just because of his injury history. I mean, that's why he's getting these incentives. They know the type of player he can be, but he is, has been, quote, unquote, injury prone. I'm not going to use that. Some of his stuff is freak. But, you know, it's just protection both sides. I mean, he gets the bag. And the Twins, you know, seven-year, $100 million for a guy like that, it's not a lot of money. Let me it really think. isn't. For, no. What's that? What is that? AAV, 15? Seven into 100. Uh, I think 15 AAV. Um, I was looking at the incentive stuff for the sake of laying it out there. $8 million for first place, and then it's $1 million less for each spot below that. So if he finishes in the top five, it's at least $4 mil. Six through ten. That's amazing. If he gets a top ten MVP bonus, he's getting at least three million bucks, and he also gets five hundred k for every plate appearance thing. Basically, over five hundred is a couple increments. Trev, you. This is just a great deal for the Twins. You pegged line. it, man. I, I, I really think it's a good deal both ways because, you know, we we always get caught up. You know, we've had a couple good one year bets lately, and Trev, I actually want to talk to you after the show about uh, something I'm thinking about. Um, for a little Wake and Jake thing, but Buxton, he was going to head into his free agent year and a lot could happen. Guess what? Byron Buxton could play a buck 40, rack up a seven and a half war, and he could, uh, he could have raked the team over the coals slash properly get paid. Um, or if Buck Daddy has another injury and he plays 65 games, all these teams would have one yeared him and two yeared him and, and given him this. He gets 15 mil a year for 17 years, no matter what. And if he performs like he can, then he will get paid to that level as well. So both sides, it's a win. The fact that he's willing to stay in Minnesota, uh, you know, not shots fired at the state of Minnesota, but, you know, some people like warmer places and different things like that. He's happy there. And I think the biggest thing for me that I think allowed a lot of this to happen, which Leads to kind of another line of questions that we've discussed on here before. But he really won that no-trade clause, um, which I think is a sense of pride amongst players because, you know, I, I think if things go haywire in L.A. or in Minnesota in a couple years and Bucks and the Twins want to move on, you're still going to find two or three suitors and you have the thumbs up. It's kind of just a power play for, uh, for Buxton to say he has it, IMO. And I think on the twin side, that's part of what allowed them to sign Buxton. So, again, on that front, I'm happy for both sides, too. Happy guy. It's kind, it's kind of like they sat down and, and negotiated a, oh. a good deal. That's weird. Two that motivated sides. Trying to kill each other. Working together. Hey, but for real, Buck is – you got to be happy for him. The guy's got kids. You know, yeah, he's he's made money already, but, you know, Taking a little bit less guaranteed to give you, I mean, hundred million dollars, a lot of money, baby. Uh, but I think he, I think he really liked those incentives. I feel like he, he feels like he's going to hit a lot of them. And he, I don't think he's going to be wrong about that either. I like that. Yeah, I love it. Do you want to talk about the Rays? Go wander, go. We'll have to save the Adam Frazier. Talk. We'll have to save um, the Adam yeah, Frazier. Gotta talk. Save that, yeah, yeah. got to save that. For what next, um uh, table that one. Good job by the Rays, giving a Wander a deal. I mean, um, are they going to trade him halfway through? Mm. 
Maybe. And then you say, ugh. If Rays fans or whatever team Not they bad. become and city they become get to say he's going to be one of ours for 10 years, that's awesome. And maybe it'll be two-thirds through. Do you remember the video when he got called up? He was like at dinner. Like he was at like a restaurant. Do you remember that? It wasn't like the, it was like the team was out at yeah. The, the team was out. Yeah. And the manager told him it's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm just happy for the guy. It's it is <laughs> the 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 front part of it's fun. And now my head just started spinning to like you know, in seven years is the rest of that contract going to be an absolute steal? In seven years is that contract going to be bleh? Uh, I think you always sum it up best, Trev, when you say like that's. When you're in that life change and money range, like there's kind of no wrong answer. <laughs> like, hey, no. maybe Wander Franco in seven years, we're saying, damn, he's the best player in baseball and he did leave X amount on the table, but he already got a lot on the yeah. table. So good for him. Good and yeah. kind of good for the Rays, unless they do trade him in like five or six years, and depending how that contract's looking. Or if they move that franchise and they're like, look, we've got Wander Franco locked up. Yeah, it's definitely a move the franchise. I do think moving the franchise was involved here. I mean, that was another Florida team did that to get a stadium, though. Yeah, they locked up. Yeah. And then to sell the team. Yes. (laughs) That's so good for Giancarlo. Golly. Good for Giancarlo, man. Give Giancarlo the position. I'll tell you what, Giancarlo Stan doesn't have a lot of bad days, and I'm happy for him on that. That's so funny, though. Bench press and super. You on our team? We got this one of the best players in baseball locked up for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You want to give us a new stadium? Extremely backloaded, too. Okay. Extremely backloaded. (laughs) We're not going to sell the team. We're not going to sell the team. We're not going to sell the team. Oh, you want to build us a new stadium? Because we got this guy. People are going to be coming to see him. Yankees, you looking to sign a free agent? How about we just. TV deals coming? Oh my god! Just gosh. trade you. What an all-time. People move. talk a lot of crap about Jeffrey Loria, but I mean, it's kind of an all-time business move. A business move. Snaky. I mean, amazing. Snaky. Fact that the contract's backloaded is so is like just like the kind of. <laughs> I guess they, they say the chef's kiss of it all. Could we end the show on a positive note? Though? Yeah. What was that Vegas story you were dying to get off your chest? I don't really have a lot of Vegas stories, man. Oh. I played golf. I played poker. Kenny Loft. Let me just say this about yeah. what happened. Kenny Lofton had himself a weekend. Or not a weekend, a couple of days because okay. it was a Monday and a Tuesday. He won the poker tournament. Yep. And his team won the golf tournament. And he had closest to the pin. Wow. It was a Kenny Lofton weekend. Damn. He actually, I told him, I said, Kenny, I don't ever drop this football. I was carrying my football around. You guys know who I am. <laughs> And that guy, that's such a funny sentence. Came Trent, up, just calm down. <laughs> Drop my football. I was carrying my football around. You know how I am. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, sure did. Because everyone Kenny that came listens, up from behind me and stripped me. Kenny Lofton forced fumble on you, and he goes, "Oh, you just said you didn't drop it." I said, "Kenny, I thought I was amongst friends. You backstabbed me." Did he? But it was his weekend. It was his weekend. He took he took over. He alpha that damn thing. Did he remember uh, in 1990 spring training when he gave me a ball when he was on the Houston Astros? Yeah, he did. Kenny yeah, Lofton. He, did. <laughs> he said, "Guy looks the same. <laughs> yeah, a little bigger. Oh, Dresses the same." Oh, what I wanted to end the show on was Toby, the Dodger dog. 
Uh, what about him? All-time story. You saw it. We posted something about it already, but the Dodgers, they did a great job. Whoever's running the PR there, they knew they screwed up. They forgot to send him something. Similar to I still haven't sent Ian half his wine. Mm. Jeez. Make it right. But so... But Toby went on the field and was running around and was playing fetch on Dodger Stadium. He, they put him up in the press box. He's going back for pup at the park day. And we think Toby's trustworthy? It's bark at the park. We rhyme here. We don't know all about Toby's backstory. We just know that he loves baseball and watches a lot of it. He did get a World Series already, so like Toby, like chill out, stop trying to get so much. Like the Dodgers like Who's the Toby's Series. owner? Because maybe he's got a little Jeff Laura in him. Mm. Toby's getting sold, do you think? Well, oh, I don't know. No. To- I mean, he's selling to the Dodgers. I mean, the owner got to go on the field and gets gift baskets. What? I don't know the story. What did the dog do? Dog would watch so the they games. went viral. They watched a lot of the games. The Dodgers took notice and said, hey, we'd like to send a package out. So they didn't ever send the package out. So the guy made a TikTok of Toby waiting for the present at the window. I'm going to make baby James stare at this damn TV. And waiting and waiting. And then people got mad at the Dodgers. Pissed. Pissed. So the Dodgers had to like really pull out all the stops for all Toby boy. But shout out Toby. I like dogs. When they get, when they get what they want, they're, they're so happy and content. People need to be more like dogs sometimes. Jake, you have that personality. That's what he's named after dog. Yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks are already trying to get uh, Baby James. They sent him some merch. Wow. I think another NL team sending him some merch as well. Thanks, Snakes. Wow. Yeah. And Trev, you and Olivia sent a very nice basket. Wow. Thank you very much. He wore the onesie you guys sent last night. Very cool. I like Full that. circle. Babies are the best. I'm going to go try to have a baby tonight. Jess and I got James Douglas a little stuffed puppy that I continually forget to bring to the office every day to get dude it. i got you oh, i got sure. you a present for your birthday and um it's just like been delayed so now i figure it'd be an engagement present and i just emailed and i was like hey where is this and they're like oh i'll spoil it it's like a <laughs> it's like a drawn picture of you jess and noodle and uh you look kind of not like you but in better way so i didn't yes. correct them i was oh, like yeah nice. that's what he looks like and then i emailed her and i was like hey I you never sent me the picture and she's like oh you just paid for the digital print you need to pay this to get it like canvassed and sent they get you I think it's gonna be small that's a lot of money so anyway it's now birthday slash engagement present NFT you got him an NFT NFT thank you it's like a we're so like a drawing of the three of you like a family portrait sounds very nice and you you. look you look what about me you look better about Trevor. You got to do something. You have a plaque. Yeah, I got you a plaque. I'm part of the family. I'm saying I should be in that picture. You already got me a nice plaque. Jake, Jess. The plaque, Trev, Trev, you know, we got two of those plaques and one of them's on the wall here. It -hmm. looks so cool. Yeah, That's pretty cool. It's It's like a really nice plaque. You want to hear something shocking to me? Okay. There was a couple players in Vegas. I'll name them. Drew Stubbs. Didn't even know I predicted the World Series correctly. Was he not on Twitter? What a guy. I said, Drew, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. I'm so famous now. How do you not know that? Yeah. My I internet mean, clout is crazy. It's going to be insane when you have to give your prediction on March 31st for the next season. You might get help by like, on. what? I'm already working on something for that. I have That's an idea. DraftKings is going to give a boost Our because episode. 
Because, like, I know the odds are really high that you're not going to get it again, but the odds were really high last time. So, like, people will bet on it because there's going to be FOMO. Like, you throw a dollar on it, you win so much money. And if you hit it again and and people didn't bet on it, they're going to be pissed. Like, you're, like, you know, so that's going to be a big It's not like you're going to pick the, like, the. So who are you going to go with? I'm look at I'm going to pick and I'm it's not like I'm picking and thinking I'm gonna be wrong. I'm trying to be right again. I can't tell you that right now. I have no idea who's gonna be on what team. I can't even look on MLB.com to see who's on the roster. That's why I <laughs> made the hot boy list. I love it, man. I love that move. Can I just say that my hot boy list, people the number mm, one let it all out, man. comments was Dansby. It yeah. was like seventy percent of the comments were like this list because sucks. he got Where's a Dansby? ring now, so I get it. He's been on the list before. This thing changes frequently. Balling. Like if I look at him, I look at Dan's right now. Like he just got engaged, so he's kind of off yeah. the market. Sex appeal, it goes down for mm-hmm. me. I'm not trying to break up that marriage. I just seen a lot of Dansby. So when you you get a lot of something, uh, you know, you know a it's a little point, too much. Because you you have so that look, yeah you have that daddy section that like you know Dansby once he gets the second contract uh, and he's married and maybe he's got a kid that brings him Holy right back shit, to the four fourteen. Oh we, hey we gotta go. Oh and but okay. here's a picture of me from the nineteen forties. Me and Jessica. <laughs> It's awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. You're the best. We'll be back later. Best. Head of marketing for baseball. Check sucks. I'm on vacation next week. Yeah, yeah. High tea. Special.